because Johnny was a life insurance policy of sorts for the Fed's star underworld informants, Bulger and Flemmy. The Mafia in Boston would never dare move against the two independent gangsters as long as Johnny was still out there. Somewhere, capable of avenging his two sons' godfathers, the two guys he thought were his best friends. Johnny Martirano was a boogeyman to the Mafia, Stevie Flemmy would testify. In fact, Stevie's older brother, another notorious Boston hitman known as Jimmy the Bear, had once taken and botched a mafia contract on Johnny's life. The Bear was another of Martirano's closest friends. He'd been the godfather of Johnny's oldest son. But like so many of Johnny's old pals, the Bear was gone now, dead of a drug overdose in state prison. In their direct examination, the state prosecutors had already gone over the complete list of Martirano's twenty murders, hit by hit. Between 1965 and 1982, he'd killed 15 whites and five blacks in three states. Their bodies had been dumped in alleys, in ditches, or left in the trunks of stolen cars. One corpse had never been found. Johnny Martirano killed them in telephone booths, at airports, at stop signs, on the open highway, and in coffee shops, as they left barrooms drunk or snorted cocaine in a parked car. The jury now knew that he had mostly used a thirty-eight caliber snub-nosed revolver, although he killed three others with a carbine, two more with a grease gun, and one with a sawed-off shotgun. One time he was the driver when Whitey and Stevie took out a guy in a phone booth. And then there was the pimp that Martirano had stabbed to death while out on a date with a nurse. It was standard procedure in these kinds of cases for the prosecution to put onto the record everything that seemed even vaguely unseemly before the defense could do so and make it appear to the jury that the government was hiding something. So all Connolly's defense lawyer could do was re-ask as many of the same questions about Martirano's blood-soaked past as the judge would permit, and hope for an opening. Casa Beale was reading aloud from Martirano's plea agreement with the state of Florida to testify in any and all prosecutions. The lawyer asked him if that was why he had come to Miami. "'I'm keeping my word to the government and I'm being honest,' Martirano said. "'That's it.' Casabile instantly looked up from his notes. You're honest? Yes. You are an honest man. I try to be. An honest man. This might be the crack that Casabile had been probing for. Now the lawyer had to decide which of the twenty murders to use to pry some holes in Martirano's testimony. He picked Richie Castucci, a middle-aged hustler from Revere, who Martirano had shot in the head in Somerville in 1976. Castucci died after the Hill got a tip that Castucci was an FBI informant. Castucci had told the FBI where two fugitive Winter Hill mobsters, Joe McDonald and Jimmy Sims, were hiding out in New York City. Zip Connolly had been convicted in Boston of tipping off Whitey Bulger that Castucci had given up McDonald, but that was something the Florida jury hadn't been told. They also hadn't been told, at the time of the Castucci murder, that Joe McDonald had been on the FBI's ten most wanted list. When the Hill decided to kill Castucci, they had owed a New York bookie $150,000 in lost football bets. Castucci was collecting for the New York bookmaker. Just after Christmas 1976, the Hill called Castucci and told him to come over to the mob's headquarters in a garage on Winter Hill to pick up a down payment of the money they owed the bookie in New York. It was a two-birds-with-one-stone deal. By killing the informant, they were also canceling the six-figure debt to the mafia-protected bookie in New York. If Casabile was going to undercut Martirano's testimony, the Castucci murder was as good a place as any to start. 
Casabile's strategy was to keep hammering that one word to the jury. Honest. When you lured any of the victims that you shot and killed, he asked Martirano, were you being honest with them? Well, I didn't think so at the time. I see. When you told Mr. Castucci to go to an apartment with the $60,000, I thought you were talking about here, Martirano interrupted. I'm telling you that's true. Casabile shook his head. But your statement is you are an honest man. You didn't qualify that by saying, I am an honest man today. You qualified it by saying, I am an honest man. So let's explore that. Yes, said Martirano warily. When Mr. Castucci met with you at the garage to pick up his money, did you tell him you were going to shoot him in the head? No, I lied to him and then shot him in the head. So you weren't honest then? No, I was honest to someone.